All right, welcome everybody. It's so great to be back with you again. And uh, I know we've had some uh, just incredible episodes lately and some great feedback. And uh, the conversation we're going to have today, you guys are absolutely going to love. You know what? Early in my career, some of my best mentors said, you know what? When you're in sales, and every one of us is in sales, what is that? It's about connecting with somebody to help them solve a problem, to add some value into their life. No, None of us like to be sold something, but every one of us, every single day, buy something. And every single one of us, uh, you know, as I pray every day, God, show me, reveal to me what you're doing. What is your will in the lives of others? And how can I help and serve them? Right. I want to connect to people so I can just serve and add value. And whether it's something I can do monetarily with my company or not, I just want to be in a place of serving others. And there's some habits and things that I've learned through my life that have served me so incredibly well. And one of my good friends and one of my mentors, Mark Sanborn, and he has been on this podcast a number of times. He was the president of the National Speaker Association, one of the finest men that I know. He introduced me to a good friend of his, Dave Bassett, David Bassett. And he says, you got to meet Dave. David is all about the color orange. I'm like, he's all about the color orange. What do you mean, Mark? Mark goes, trust me, you just got to meet Dave, David and have a conversation. And uh, you're going to want to have him on the podcast. He has the most incredible life and the most amazing stories about how he, through uh, some incredible adversity, through an incredible uh, career in this stage of his life, is just helping people have just massive success and fulfillment and joy through something that David is doing all around the color orange. I'm like, okay, so David, you and I got to have a conversation a few months ago and man, did we hit it off. And so welcome to the podcast, first of all. Thanks, John. And so you, you, I've seen your picture. You are always wearing orange. There is a reason. And you wrote this book called orange one color, major results. And, uh, so, folks, we're going to be talking about some things that you can do right now that I truly believe, I know, how's that? I know if you implemented is going to up-level major parts of your life. So just stand by, have some patience as, as we kind of unpack this a little bit. But before we get started, David, could you share just a little bit about your background and kind of the journey that led you to develop what I kind of call this orange philosophy? How's that sound? Uh, that's that's great, John. I appreciate that. Um, well, in 2005, uh, my son and I were having a conversation, and uh, he died in front of me uh, about three inches away from cancer. He had non-Hodgkin's lymphoma cancer, and uh, to this day, I sort of freeze. And, I, I can't imagine uh, how hard that was, David. And it, it's still is. Yeah. But after he passed away, he had a uh, an orange boat in the front of his house. And my wife said, um, what are people going to think of that orange boat? So when he passed away, I traveled all over the United States. So was a motivational speaker. And I went out and I bought an orange tie. And I was out at the airport. And a woman came up to me and she said, I'd like to buy your tie. And I thought, 
how unusual. I don't think I've ever had anybody come up to me and want to buy something I'm wearing. And I went to Salt Lake City and ran into two other women. And it was the same thing all over again, a comment on the color of my tie. And after that, I started uh, promoting the concept. And for the last 18 years, uh, I've been promoting the use of color. And when I talk about color, uh, one of the other things I realize, God has given me a gift to make significant impacts in people's life. And, and it can continues to happen every 60 minutes uh, because of the color orange. And as John pointed out, um, sales really is not about products. It's about people. So today, what I want to do, I want to cover three things with you. I want to show you how you can build your business using special tools. And these tools will help you build your business regardless what business you're in. And basically what you're doing is you're connecting with people using color. And the color we're going to be talking about is orange. And so in addition to that, uh, I have a book that's out and it gives you additional information on using color. Uh, As a matter of fact, uh, there's about 100 pages just on color. And again, as I emphasize, selling is not a business transaction. It's a human connection. And people will always be drawn to you on how you make them feel. And any great salesperson that I know, and every day I'm meeting one, they're always concentrating on the other person, not themselves. So again, I emphasize selling is not about the product, but it's about people. Now, John asked or made another comment a little bit about my background. And one of the individuals uh, that I came in contact with and something was written and was written by J.R. Rockefeller. And he made an interesting number of statements. And he said, you know, wherever you start your life doesn't have to dictate where you ended up. And it's all about the actions you take and the choices you make along the way. And let's not forget the importance of influence and power. Simply having privilege or education isn't enough. We need to harness our knowledge and use it to make a difference in the world. So let's go out there and make things happen because we have the power to create our destinies. Now, I've been selling for the last 50 years. I've had a very, very colorful career. And it started when I was six years of age. My parents had a department store. And as a six-year-old, every day I was in the store, I had to ask somebody if they wanted to buy some cookies. And when you start asking people if they want to buy cookies and you do it every day, you have no problem asking anybody to buy anything. Well, in addition to that, uh, they sold women's apparel, men's apparel, shoes, textiles, everything you could find in a large department store. And one thing I did learn and one thing I could pass on to you and something you probably wouldn't realize, the type of shoe that a person wears will tell you exactly how they're going to buy something. And I learned again that over time by looking, most people look at your face and then look down. I look at their shoes and look up because the shoes will tell me exactly how I want to posture myself. After working with my parents for about 20 years, I went into undergraduate school, got a master's degree, and then I taught at the University of Michigan or Minnesota in 
marketing and sales. And my first job was with Honeywell in the engineering world. And I was there for a short period of time and then moved on to another company called Butler Manufacturer Company. And they developed tank trailers for all over the United States and I developed their markets for them. I moved on to another company by the name of Advanced Machine Company, and I trained salespeople on how to sell maintenance equipment and vacuum cleaners, again, all over the United States. Went back and rejoined Honeywell and now started selling million-dollar computers. Now imagine going from cookies to million-dollar computers. I then joined Dyko Petroleum Corporation and started selling limited partnerships and oil and gas programs uh, through uh financial advisors and brokers throughout the United States. Then all of a sudden I had an opportunity to represent a millionaire and I wanted to work for a millionaire to find out why do millionaires make money? And that ended up to be one of the most significant activities in my work work life. And I'll come back and tell you why in just a minute. After that, I joined Carnegie Capital and represented Frank Capiello of Wall Street Week and uh, worked with Frank for about three years. And um, Frank always made an interesting comment. He said, you know, when you're ready to make a decision, always do something rather than not do something. And that continues to be with me today. Uh, great activity working with Frank Capiello. Went on to join Piper Trust build a trust company again, a multi-billion dollar trust company, again, working through stockbrokers. Then I became a financial advisor for two to three years with U.S. Bank, working with high net worth clients, a minimum investment of about $5 million. Again, gave me an opportunity uh, to work with people. And then after that, I spent five years at AEI raising all their money in real estate investment uh, uh, programs. And finally, uh, for the last 12 years uh, before I retired, I settled in with uh, Inland Real Estate, managing director for the Midwest, selling real estate investment trust. So it gives you a little background in terms of, um, you know, what I've actually done. And um, again, uh, the, 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 one of the questions that always comes up, because uh, you're going to be hearing about uh, Orange, Orange makes you stand out, you know, specifically, that's going to be very, very significant. Secondly, it sparks conversations and connections. And more emphatically, it opens up sales doors faster than any other color without doing anything. Notice my comment, without doing anything. Now, a question that could be going through your mind is, well, is there another color that will do the same thing? And the answer is definitely no, it won't. I, I've worked with colors for years, and um, there's other colors you can use, but you will not get the same effect. And again, you might be asking the question, why is orange the best color? Well, orange makes people feel energized and thus very receptive to you and what you're going to say. And also orange provides a way to present your best self, both personally and professionally. Now, I hope that gives you a good introduction uh, in terms of how I got involved with orange again, because of uh, my son's death. And um, 
every 60 minutes today, I meet somebody new because of the orange story. And what I want to do, if I could, John, is just uh, cover some of those stories so they can see the impact of what orange is able to do. Yeah, I would love that. You know, start out back. So you were wearing the orange tie. Somebody offered to buy it. That a couple other people commented on it, and you and and your son had the orange boat. Yes. What was the kind of what was the evolution of that? Because it's now developed into a lifestyle. But go back to the beginning when you realized, you know, that what this is. There's something here that's really allowing me to connect to people, and then have some meaningful conversations quicker. Is that fair? Yes. Yes. One one of the things I started with an orange tie, and then. Um, I kept adding to the process. For example, today, rather than an orange tie, I'll have an orange hat, I'll have an orange shirt, I'll have an orange sweater, I'll have an orange belt, I'll have an orange watch. And one of the things that uh, really pops, all my shoes are orange, are orange. And the more items that you are wearing the more activity that you will have. And I always say to people, you know, when something's new, it's different. So I always say, well, just try it in little pieces. And as you start seeing the activity, start adding to it. And that's what I did because I used to get up and speak all over the country in all 50 states. And when I would get up, Many times people would say, well, here's Mr. Orange. They wouldn't know what my name is. They would just know it. I'm uh, Mr. Orange or, or Dr. Orange. And I'm surprised how many places I'll go and people don't even know my name. They just call me Dr. Orange because everything I'm doing is in orange. My car today is orange. There isn't anything I do that isn't in orange. Well, and tell us some of those uh, early stories as this whole kind of this whole philosophy played out, David. Well, there's so many stories, and so I don't have anything in a specific, uh, you know, a specific order and anything. But here's one that, uh, and I have several. So uh, let me just begin. One that really surprised me. I'm sure you all go to Costco, and I'm sure when you all go to Costco. First thing you have to do is uh, pull out your orange uh, or your um, little card that says Costco. Well, I don't do that. I just walk through. And the reason is they all know who I am because I'm orange and nobody else walks with orange. So I, I, I don't think I pulled out my card in a long time. Well, <laughs> when I was, when I was in the store and I was coming up, a woman saw that. And she came up to me and uh, she said, you know, I really like your orange. It's my favorite color. And I said, well, you know, I've got a book out. And uh, she said, you do? She said, uh, I'd love to give it to my husband. And so um, I introduced her to the book. But this is the thing that sort of surprised me. When I was in Costco, she came up to me three different times to thank me for the opportunity of meeting me which I'd never seen before in different parts of the store. And you know how large Costco is. Well, when I was leaving Costco and I was going to go put the packages into the car, another lady stops me and says, you know, I really like your orange. Well, one of the statements that I make, and it's probably one of the most powerful statements 
that I've ever come up with in my life, regardless of the individual I come in contact with, whether they're 10 years of age, 20 years of age, 50, 80, or 90, the question I ask them, are you retired? Uh, I want to repeat that again. I ask them, are they retired? If they're young, 18, 20 years of age, they're going to start laughing. They're going to start smiling. Well, the reason I emphasize that, anytime you come in contact in the sales world with anybody, the first thing, the first thing you've got to do is to either make them smile or laugh. If they're older, there's only two choices. Yes, I am retired or no, I'm not retired. And so in this particular example, notice what happened. The lady comes up to me. I'm guessing she's, I don't know, maybe in her 40s. I said, are you retired? She starts laughing. I said, well, what do you do? She says, I'm a pilot for Delta Airlines and I fly the European routes. And she had a cross on her sweater. And I said, you're a Christian, aren't you? So then we started talking about God. And I thought, gosh, I walk into Costco. I don't pull out a card. I run into a lady. Her favorite color is orange. I get ready to leave and I end up with orange. And here's the point. Every day is an orange story. Another story. One of the things I try to do is walk as much as possibly. And there's a center called the Plymouth Convention Center. And this is an interesting story. And the reason I make that comment, there was a man and a man and her, yeah, a man and her, his wife walking into the center. And he had an orange hat on. I said, I like your orange hat. That's all I said. I like your orange hat. That was the end of it. Walked in, there's a walking track. They're walking around the track. I'm walking around the track. About 30 minutes later, the man comes up to me. And he says, you know, I want to say something to you. And I said, uh, well, what's that? And he said, I knew I could say something to you and not hurt your feelings. And I said, well, how, how did you know that? And he said, because you took the time to acknowledge me before we even got in here. And um, we started talking. I said, are you retired? And he said, no, I'm a school teacher. And I looked at his wife, and his wife had a beautiful smile and everything. And I said, are you retired? And she said, no. She told me what she was doing. But here's what was interesting in this story. She also had a cross uh, on her sweater. And I said, uh, you're a Christian, aren't you? She says, yeah, we're in the process of changing churches. And I said, well, what church are you thinking of going to? And she said, Eagle Brook. And I said, well, in the state of Minnesota, they get about thirty to 45,000 people every Sunday. And I've been praying about uh, whether to talk to the pastor, because I think I could make him a better pastor, not so much on his message, but on his color. I said, did you notice the color he wore last week? She said, yeah, I did. And I said, well, by changing that, he could be a more effective individual. Well, we got all done, and my wife just had surgery, and they said, well, you know, we're going to pray for your wife. And I thought, gosh, all because I said, I like the color of your hat. Now, <clears throat> another individual that I uh, worked with out of uh, Washington, D.C., uh, happened to write me uh, a note the other day, and um, 
I've got it here, and I'll read to you what she actually said. She said, I really enjoyed your book and found it quite inspiring. So many terrific reminders and tips for life in general. I passed it along to my sister and her husband, who I'm sure will get a lot out of it. By coincidence, I inherited my mom's car a few years ago. She named it Pumpkin. It's bright orange, and I've never been comfortable with how much it stands out. After reading your book, I started to see it more as a gift to be celebrated rather than an embarrassment about. Thank you. And that one really, uh, again, uh, uh, surprised me. I take a lot of walks, uh, John. I take a lot of walks because uh, one of my goals in life is to be able to walk and uh, one day I ran into a couple that were walking and I walked up to this young man and and I knew who he was, but I said, are you retired? And he laughed at me. He said, Dave, you know, I'm not retired. You know, I sell fingernail clippers on the internet at $50 a piece. <laughs> we were joking and everything. And uh, he said, geez, I like seeing you in your orange all the time. And so he had his girlfriend with him and, um, I said, are you retired? She laughed, smiled, here we go again. And she said, no, I'm working. And I said, well, who do you work for? And she told me. And I said, well, what do you do there? And she said, I'm president. And I said, well, how many people do you have responsibility for? And she said, well, a little over 20,000, not including the actual employees. And I thought, I never would have ever guessed that she would have the responsibility because she was so young. Well, after that, um, a couple of days later, I went over to Starbucks and a friend of mine was over there and wanted to have a cup of coffee. And um, we were talking about his daughter who was in the process of uh, getting married. And he said, uh, I want to show you something and he pulled out his phone. He says, you've got one second to look at this. And he had a picture of his daughter in a black dress with the fiance in a black suit. One second. And I looked at it. He said, okay, you get one second to look at this next uh, photo. Same daughter, but there was one exception. She was wearing an all orange dress and her fiance had the black suit. And it took me a second. I thought, oh, how beautiful. How could you not for, you, you would never forget that. I said, did you actually instruct your daughter to get that orange dress? He said, no, she did it on her own. Well, I got up, went into another room and I'm coming back. And as I'm coming back, I'm stopped by two more ladies. And again, I asked the next lady, are you retired? No, I work for Boston Scientific, went through the same process again. And her friend, they wanted to talk about Orange. She was in finance from Cargill Corporation, one of the largest privately held companies in the world. And um, again, stopped because of the color orange. Well, uh, about six months ago, that was a little bit longer than that. I had prostate cancer. 
And one of the doctors I work with uh, is one of the top doctors in prostate cancer in the world, Dr. Gordon Grotto out of Scottsdale, Arizona. And I gave him an orange watch to wear. I said, if you wear an orange watch, you will have more people comment on that orange watch. So one day I called him up and he made the comment. He said, you're pretty sneaky. And I said, well, what do you mean by being pretty sneaky? He said, you send me an orange watch. You know, I wear it every day. You know, every day I think about you. And you know, when I call and I know it's you, I got to pick up the phone. And I sort of laughed, but he wears that watch every day. And uh, one of the other things, Jed, I've noticed. Uh, in well, my let me ask you. Let me ask you a question, Dave, because what you've done is you use the color orange because it's one of our brand colors at Beyond Influence. We did a lot of research into orange, right? It's there's warmth, there's a confidence. It yes. it, uh, it just kind of projects uh, a friend. It's friendly, it's inviting. But you, so what you're saying is. Orange is the key, but find a way to do something to start the conversation. And one of the things, though, that, that you do really, really well that I'd love to learn from here, David, is now that the conversation has started, whether it's a business situation, because I know you, you do a lot of coaching with some very high-performing executives and, and sales leaders, and you just you know meet people on the street. It's across the spectrum. But talk about what you're thinking about and how you would kind of mentor some of the people listening. Hey, when I have this, you know, when I have have an opening, conversation starts, how do I then have that conversation to really connect and find a way if I can, you know, uh, work with this person, serve that person? Then I got some follow-up questions after that, but could you share some of that? Well, yeah, you know, it's it's interesting. Um one of the individuals I got uh, connected with, with uh, a person called Oprah Winfrey. And um, one of the places I go quite frequently to get a cup of coffee is I go to Starbucks. And the reason I go to Starbucks is the coffee is made to 200 degrees and I can't make it the same temperature at home. And so my wife always makes the comment. She says, well, you're going to Starbucks. Who are you going to meet today? Well, I don't go there to intentionally meet somebody, but I do meet somebody, if that makes sense. Well, one day I ran into an individual and um, he came up and started talking to me. And um, again, I asked the question. I said, are you retired? He says, yeah. He says, I am retired. And I said, well, what do you do? And he said, well, I'm working uh, uh, with the boyfriend of Oprah Winfrey on the development of a new device in the Los Angeles uh, school system. So when kids come or when people come into the schools, they can't carry weapons. Mm -hmm. And um, based on what he told me, where I would ask questions. And, and one of the things I can tell you, okay, and, 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 it's, and it's hard and you, you have to work on it is if I meet somebody, I'm going to ask questions that is 100% on about them, not about me. And then after that, finding out, is there going to be any further conversation? So one of the things I try to do today, especially, is to say, would you like to have further conversation? If they do, I either want a cell number 
or an email and I want them on the spot because if I don't get them on the spot, I can't, I can't continue it. And so um, if I had to leave you with one thing, it's asking a question about them, about them. And all I'm doing is thinking about that. One thing I've learned in the, uh, in the sales world, men versus women, women that are in sales always ask about the family first. Men don't do that. And one of the things I'm starting to learn is to ask more questions about their family, about their family. What is their son doing? What is their daughter doing? How old are they? And the other thing that I always try to do and make sure this happens, what is your name? What is your name? And you'd be surprised how many times you can have a conversation and you never know the person's name. You don't know their their name. So Yeah, you know, something I've discovered in that too uh, with names is if somebody tells me their name, it's David. I have to remember that. But then I, if I use it in a sentence, like, you know, uh, you know, in a short period of time, like you respond to something, I'm like, you know, David, thank you for sharing that. But if then I can remember it because, you know, the worst thing is you ask somebody their name and then it's 30 seconds later, you're like, oh, shoot, what was their name again? And you want to well, use it, but in, and they've told you their name and then it's awkward not to use it. You don't want to just call them, hey, buddy, right? So... You know, a question that I often ask as I'm sitting there in conversation, I'm like, man, oh, David, it's so great to get to know you. I like your retired question. One of the things I ask is, hey, you know what? Let's just say we got together a year from now. We were at the same event or we're having a cup of coffee. And man, mm -hmm. life had just been going amazing. And we're getting together to celebrate. What would you love to be sharing? Because you know what? It gives me such an insight on what's important to them. What are their values? What's kind of, where are some of their passions at? It just, I found that that question for me, David, just opens up a, a conversation, makes it totally about them. Because then I'll, I'll ask follow-up questions, you know, and what else and this. And then oftentimes I'll ask this question. I say, wow, if all that was in place, just like you explained, what would be the best part about that for you personally? Because That's then I'm really getting to understand how, you know, how this person's wired. And I get to know very quickly whether this is somebody that I would probably enjoy really getting to know or not. Uh, I, that, I, I'm going to use, I'm going to, I'm going to put that to good use. <laughs> I like that a lot, a lot. I mean, it's, but you know, it's, it's those little things that, um, take place. And, 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 and the, the other thing is a lot of these things that they just happen naturally, you know, you don't, it isn't like you have a format, but if you think of that other individual all the time, it, it'll just, it just comes naturally. It just comes naturally. Interesting story. Um, um, as you were talking, uh, I went to see a urologist uh, about two weeks ago and um, I'm in the waiting room and there's a woman there and uh, it looked like she had her son there. And I went in and saw the urologist and then left. And the next day I uh, went into uh, a restaurant. It was the name of the restaurant uh, uh, was uh, Basio's in uh, Minneapolis, Minnesota. And uh, I walked in and here's the same individual. He walks up to me and he said, I saw you at the urologist. And I said, well, how could you possibly remember me? He said, I kept looking at your orange shoes all the time. And I said, 
what do you think the question is? And I asked him, John, are you retired? He says, no. And I said, well, what do you do here? He says, I own the restaurant. I said, well, I, now here's, here's, okay, here's the other thing as I, as I tell this story. I always want to make sure I'm complimenting somebody every time, every place I go. And I said, you know, your food's some of the best. It's really great and everything. And um, he said, our corporate colors here are orange. And I said, well, let me uh, look at your uh, one of your menus uh, for desserts. And I pointed out three things he could change using orange. So I'm leaving and as I'm leaving the restaurant, this woman holds the door open for me. And I said, well, thank you. I really appreciate that because I use sticks to walk. And she said, well, let me get this next door. And she got that door. I got home. And in less than 20 minutes, um, she sent me an email. And she said, you know, we met today as you were leaving Basio's. And I was holding the door. I shared with you that my mother-in-law had just passed and Bacios had been so kind and generous to our family in, time, in our time of need. Once in the restaurant, I was talking with Bob and he shared me your story. I ordered your book and look forward to reading it, Blessings. She was founder of Wine for Women for the Catholic Church and has a book out called Created to Relate, God's Design for Peace and Joy. And again, you know, that surprised me. And every day something new is happening. Well, right after that, the next day I run into a lady and she's a second grade school teacher. And, she, you know, I asked her, you know, are you retired? She said, no, I'm still teaching second grade. And she said, but I got to tell you, my favorite color is orange. And we use orange on our walls for the second graders because they will learn better, learn better. And I thought that one's new. Didn't know second graders learn better <laughs> with orange. And uh, as I'm leaving and going out the door again, I was at Starbucks, a gentleman again, compliments me on the coordination of orange. And he was president of a construction company. So again, two people very, 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 very quickly. Well, a couple of days go by and um, my wife needs to go to the hospital and um, she had a little medical problem. And after we got out of the hospital, she said, you know, I'd like to go out to dinner. So we went out to another restaurant and the place was packed and everything. And we're sitting in this little corner, just enough to have dinner. And I look over and two women start talking to me again about the coordination of orange. And as I look to my immediate right, there was a gentleman uh, looking at me and waving to me. <laughs> I thought, wow. So he comes up and he says, I want you to know we met six years ago and you were talking to me about the value of orange. And I now see it's really at its fullest. The day later, he called me to talk to me about Orange. As we were leaving the restaurant in pitch dark, another couple 
came up and wanted to talk about orange. And so that process just keeps going and going and going, never stops. Well, so Dave, what are some of the stories of people you've worked with, people that are kind of either in sales or, you know, some senior leaders that I know you've worked with have kind of embraced this and what have, what have they seen? Well, the interesting thing about what I'd say the uh, senior people, they do it more in writing orange notes, writing orange notes. One individual I work with sends out about five to 700 notes a year and they're all in orange. There's always three paragraphs. The envelope is always orange. The stamps are as close to orange. And when they do this, it doesn't necessarily have to be business related. One story that stands out was an individual I worked with down in Rochester, Minnesota, was working with one of his clients in uh, Wisconsin. And uh, the client had a son that was in scouting and had become a Cub Scout, then a Boy Scout, and the son didn't want to continue to be an Eagle Scout. So what this executive did, he took the time and wrote a note to the son, encouraging the son to continue in scouting, and especially in Eagle Scouting. Well, about a month, month and a half later, the father called back and said that was one of the greatest things that had ever happened to see his son go through the whole process of scouting because the executive took the time to write a note to the son, not the adult. Mm -hmm. Another individual I worked with uh, uh, was president of a company, excellent writers, uh, superb writer, superb writer, been in the business for 20 or 30 years. And um, I said to her, her name is Brenda. And I said, uh, Brenda, with your skill on writing, you should be writing more notes. And every time I'd see her, I'd tell her the same thing. And I said, I want you to do this. Would you do this one thing for me? I want you to write a note to your next door neighbor, three paragraphs. You say whatever you want to say. She said, okay, I promise I would do that. She sent the note to her neighbor. A few days later, the neighbor comes back on the door thanking her but was crying, be was crying because Brenda took the time to send in a note to acknowledge her and how important she was as a neighbor, as a neighbor, as a neighbor. And in today's world with your listeners, just think about how many notes you actually receive. And most people will tell you, you don't, they don't receive that many notes. Well, if you're the sender of the message and you've got the right message, you're going to go right to the top with just about everybody you come in contact with. And if there's anything in my book, it's chapter eight, that you want to read is the process of sending out orange notes. Now, let me use another example of that of another executive uh, working with the Mayo Clinic, again, on the concept of writing orange notes. He wrote an orange note to their financial division and the very next day got in and they said to him, uh, do you, wouldn't you like to know why you got in here so fast? And he said, well, yes. He said, I really would. 
And he said, you wrote a note and we get about 500 emails a day, 250 of them we don't even read. And we got the note. It was such a shock. I actually took the note home to my family to let my family read everything you had to say. And I thought, gosh, here we go again. Very, very positive introduction and being able to get in and have conversations with the top people in the corporation. That process continues to happen over and over and over again by writing good notes. Now, I wrote. Let me a, share, can I share a story there, uh, yeah. Dave? Yeah. When I first joined, the, oh my gosh, it was 2004. And I joined uh, Bernstein Global Wealth Management, part of Alliance Bernstein, yes. uh, to just work with high net worth clients as a financial advisor. Yeah. And one of the top advisors in the entire firm, he came in and talked to our, our group as we're getting started on some of his keystone habits. But one of them was, you know, take the time, whatever meeting you have, even if it's your fourth, fifth, sixth, seventh meeting with the same person write them a note. Every morning he would get up and write notes. He goes, I'm, I, you know, I write anywhere from two to 10 every morning and they go out. And so, and he goes, don't use Alliance Bernstein stationery. Sometimes it's thank you notes. Sometimes it's a postcard that he would put in an envelope so they have to open it. He goes, get creative. And uh, I used that every meeting I had with somebody, I'd write them a note. Dear David, you know, I really appreciate you sharing this and hey, I'll be praying for this. Thank you for, you know, whatever, but like you said, personalize it. And to this day, I still send out notes. It has been a, it is a, and nobody, like you said, nobody gets personal notes anymore. It is such a great way to connect. And I'll tell you this, one of the guys who I really wanted to do some work for, it was a big company. And I'm like, you know what? I'm going to find a way every two weeks, I'm going to reach out to this person, whether it's sending them a note, calling them when I actually know they're not in the office and just leaving them a friendly voicemail or just do something to stay front of mind. And I said, I'm going to write this guy a note and, until they just say either stop or can we meet. And after two years, David, two years of just sending him a note, I'd look at something he posted. We'd have a, occasional conversations. He invited me in to speak to his entire team, and then that led to me being a keynote speaker for their entire company kickoff, which was uh, 3,500 people, and I was the uh, the kickoff keynote for that event, and that led to me having even deeper relationships with the executive team and led to some other opportunities. So I, I, I can't say enough about what you said. And you and what you talk about here, if you guys get this book and just read chapter eight, you'll love the rest of it. It's an easy read. What, about 100 pages? Yes. But I tell you what, chapter eight would just that to be a game changer. And I love your idea of actually orange notes. I'm going to get some new notes done up using my brand, my logo, but more orange. Just so when they pull it out, it just stands out even more. But, you know, John, it, uh, I can't. I agree with everything you're saying. And as you were talking, I, I thought about a note that I sent to uh, a president of a multi-billion dollar company. But here's the thing. I didn't send a small note. I sent an eight and a half by 11 note, large, large. And uh, when I went to talk to the president of the company, I said, did you get my note? He said, well, how could I miss it? 
And I said, well, what do you mean by that? He said, well, you sent me an eight and a half by 11. Everybody else sends white, white. So it stands out coming through where somebody knows who it is. And um, that was a very important note that I'd written, but I thought, you know, I'm going to do an eight and a half by half by 11. But here's the other thing. And John pointed this out. I go out and I have probably 12 different variations of the note. I've got envelopes that you've never seen in your lifetime. And when they come through, somebody's going to say, this is different. Well, I want to be different. I want to stand out. And I think based on Jeff's comment is, and he hit it right on the head, you'll never, ever send out too many notes. And the reason is, other people aren't sending out the notes. And as John pointed out, after two years, look what happened. Uh, there was a very interesting statement. Um, it's basic, but most people give up uh, on continuation uh, with the client within three calls. And uh, you've got to do five. And I say you got to do seven. And one of the easiest ways to do that is seven notes. You'll just constantly stand out. But I want to share another story with you, again, about a note. And um, I'll send a note just about to anybody. But about a year ago, I was in Dana Point, California. And uh, I walked into a bank, and the bank uh, was U.S. Bank. And I'd been coming out here for years. And I walked in there, and there wasn't a person that I knew. And I, I walked up to this one lady, and I said, are you retired? And she, she, she said, no. I mean, I could tell that. And she said, uh, I said, what do you do here? And she says, I'm the manager of uh, the bank. And I said, well, I knew everybody here last year. And she said, yeah. She said, I brought my own staff in. And we started talking. And I saw something that I had never seen in my lifetime. She was Christian-based, and every comment she made was coming from the Bible about how she works with her clients, biblically driven. <laughs> I thought, gosh, am I at the bank or am I at the church? And, uh, and it wasn't just me. It was anybody that was coming into the bank. So about a week goes by, and I have to go see an eye doctor, and I went into the bank, and I said, uh, I'm having trouble finding this location. She said, well, come on over. I'll get my tech person, and we can get on the computer, and I can show you where it is. So they get on the computer, and she goes to show me, and I said, I'm sorry, but I still don't get it. So she then says, and gets her tech person, and says, get in the car and go take Dave and show him where the eye doctor is. He gets in the car, drives 25 minutes. I find the eye doctor. I come back. Well, it was U.S. Bank. I wrote a note to the president of U.S. Bank acknowledging this individual. In five days, he implemented every thought I had back to this individual, I got to see the, the reply from him. And now I was connected all the executives of U.S. Bank, state of California. End of story. 
you can send notes to whoever you want to send notes to. But I'd, I'd never seen that before, John. Never seen it, and even to this day, even to this day. Well, I, I love that. And you know what? I got to say, you know what? The, you know, this approach, just taking a, you know, finding a way to start a conversation, taking a sincere interest in other people, and then, you know, finding a way to, you know, follow up. So important. And, you know, Dave, as we, as we kind of, first of all, folks, such a great book, easy read, high impact. Let me ask you a question as we kind of land the plane. I would love for you to share your, your uh, maybe some final thoughts and how this maybe ties into this long-term benefit of applying this, you know, orange philosophy in somebody's life. Well, once you use the orange philosophy and you're uh, doing things with orange, you're going to make an impact in other people's lives, uh, number one. I mean, it, it just does happen. And um, if you follow up, uh, you know, with the notes where you think it's appropriate, something's going to happen. But it's a process. You know, it, it doesn't happen overnight. It hap it happens uh, gradually. An individual that I happened to meet with uh, some time ago was the president of Exilia. And it's a nonprofit organization. And we went through this story and he had asked, you know, pretty much the same question. And I said, well, first place, uh, without a doubt, is to start working with notes, uh, just change your, your envelopes, if nothing else, because people, you're going to be in communication with people. And today it's, uh, it's one of the first places you would go if you were a nonprofit and you wanted to, uh, raise more money at a lower cost for the nonprofit. One of the most interesting companies uh, that I've ever seen in the country. It's a process. It's a process. It's a gradual process. And I would say the other thing, uh, uh, John, if you uh, leave them my email, anybody that has interest and, and wants more information and taking time to do that, I'm happy to uh, to cover that with them. Very easy to do. But it's, it's right. a slow process, John. Slow process. Yep. And uh, folks, all of David's uh, contact information is on the show notes page for this episode. Just go there and you'll be able to connect with Dave, email Dave. And um, you know what? It's all about kind of focusing on others. How do we serve others? And I just have this mindset of abundance, Dave. And what I know is instead of having any pressure to sail or find that perfect person, if I just go out and kind of serve, 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 God just keeps opening doors and doors and doors. And the right one's open at the right time. And it's a beautiful thing. So, Dave, I, I just love who you are. Thank you for taking the time to come on and share all these amazing stories and, uh, I just love the conversation and man, God bless you, my friend. And uh, keep knocking people alive out there. Thanks, John. 